Ineffably Yours, Part 1, by Secondhand News, Chapter 16, Gods and Monsters, read by Quanin. Summary. Crowley paced a small circle, hands clasped behind his neck. He looked up at the moon and barked out a laugh. Are you ever going to think about anything before you do it, or do you plan on spending eternity blindly following orders? You have no idea what they're asking you to do, do you? Warning. Talk of suicide. 1768. Watson's Bay, Australia. The black water churned. Moonlight glinted off the surface like a diamond, something precious and cold, unknowable. The white swell bubbled before being sucked under into the darkness. Crowley sat on the edge of the cliff, legs swinging out from beyond the jagged rock. He peered down at the water, let it hypnotize him. How would it feel, he wondered, to pitch forward and plunge into the abyss? First something, then nothing. It was the impact that did it, rather than the water. Pick a spot high enough, and it was like smashing into stone. He glanced across the jutting platform of stone to his left, stretching out across the water. It was almost inviting. Cruel, really. As if on cue, the man stepped forward in the darkness, scratching nervously at the back of his hands, feet reluctant to take step after step across the craggy overhang. Crowley leaned back on his elbows, hands sliding across the rock behind him, watched the man stop halfway across the platform, saw the doubt flicker across his face. It's one thing to consider it, but to tightrope the line between life and death, that's something else entirely. Suicides were a demon's bread and butter. Lean close and whispered just the right words, See resolve firm up behind their eyes. One more soul claimed for the head office if you laid the right foundations. Head home and try not to think about the moment they'd gone from being to not being. Crowley tended to avoid them, didn't like the way he felt afterwards. But occasionally, he would make an exception. As Xerophel bustled through the trees, one hand clasped to his ribs as he puffed and panted his way towards the cliff edge. He prayed he would find the man standing there as he rounded the corner, breathed a sigh of relief when that's exactly what he found. Silhouetted against the night, he took in the man's slumped shoulders, twitching hands. He was close, but he wasn't lost. Not yet. There was still time. He approached the man from behind, was about to reveal himself when he felt something tug at his consciousness. Crowley, he murmured into the darkness taken a step back when the demon's languid form rose from the rocks and meandered towards him, body weaving like a serpent. They sent you, really. Curly's voice was bitingly cold, a frost withering everything in its wake. Leave, Angel. Azerfal had expected it, of course. The first time they saw each other again, it had been how long since Morocco? Twenty years? Maybe longer? Not long enough, apparently. He felt a tug in his chest, took a step towards the demon, reached out a hand, and then remembered where they were. That anybody could be watching. What are you doing? You can't just sit there and watch. 
Aziraphale waved a hand towards the man, who stumbled forward a few paces. No, quite right. Crowley stood up and stepped forward, cupping his hands around his mouth as he yelled over to the man, Get on with it, then! He might not have heard Crowley, but he certainly felt his presence. Falling to his knees, palms kissing the stone, as he wailed into the night, a sound more beast than human. Tell them it was an accident, the man stammered, looking back at Crowley, narrowing his eyes as he took in the silhouette. What they found, it wasn't... I'm sick. I needed help. Tell them it wasn't me. It was a... I will tell them nothing, the demon hissed back, eyes burning amber in the dark. Aziraphale rushed forward, stepping between them, his skin glowing golden as he revealed himself. He laid a hand on the man's shoulder, felt peace flow from his fingertips. There's always a chance for repentance and forgiveness, he promised. Feeling the man's racing heart begin to slow, his panic began to waver. He turned back to Crowley. What is wrong with you? You're despicable. Crowley paced a small circle hands clasped behind his neck. He looked up at the moon and barked out aloud. Ha! Are you ever going to think about anything before you do it, or do you plan on spending eternity blindly following orders? You have no idea what they're asking you to do, do you? Those are precisely the type of dangerous questions that got you slithering through Eden on your belly. Dangerous questions? Crowley stared at him, flabbergasted, as if it was the first time he was truly seeing him. You don't know why you do any of this, do you? You trot off without question to do whatever little miracle they've asked of you, and then pat yourself on the back when it's done. What a clever angel you are. There's no need to be rude, Crowley. Crowley looked down, sighed, staggered his hands on his hips. I'm not being rude. I'm trying to help you see beyond heaven. You're not any less angelic because you take a moment to think for yourself. It's not going to turn you into... into me, I promise. Both angel and demon fell silent as they heard something shift behind them, turned to find the man looking back at them. He opened his mouth to speak, but Crowley held up a hand to silence him. Hold on a minute, mate. This is well overdue. Aziraphale huffed quietly, glanced up at Crowley. You've been wanting to say this ever since. If you bring up Morocco, Aziraphale, I swear. Crowley stepped forward, brandishing a finger in the angel's face. Aziraphale raised his eyebrows and took a step back, holding his hands up to signal that the matter would be dropped, pronto. Jabbing a thumb between them to gesture to the man, Crowley dropped his voice and looked down at Aziraphale. Do you know who your lot have sent you to save, angel? Do you know what this man has done? Do you know why he's here? What he's running from? Justice. He wasn't sorry until he got caught. Take a look at what he's done and think about them when you're patting yourself on the back later. He shot the angel a look of abject disgust and stalked away from them, tossing parting words into the night as he disappeared into the trees. Screw your forgiveness. Goodbye, Aziraphale. Aziraphale stared at Crowley's retreating back, felt an itch deep inside his bones to follow him, to explain it wasn't up to him to know any more about the great plan beyond what was told to him, 
and it certainly wasn't up to him to question orders from heaven. That was precisely the crime that saw the fallen standing up in front of a crowd obeying angels on that day so many thousands of years ago. We thought about the way they stood, chins risen with superiority, saw the way their self-assuredness cracked when Gabriel delivered their sentence. On that day, he saw what happened to those who asked too many questions. And so from that day onward, he had carried out his work diligently, coasting on the belief that heaven would never ask anything of him that wasn't divine. He thought of the things that Crowley must have seen, how many dark deeds he must have carried out in hell's name. Azurfell knew he kept the worst of it from him, saved only the minor mischief for the arrangement. And still, this tragic man who stood before them had revolted him. What terrors must a human have committed for a demon to recoil from them in disgust? It was a personal pledge Azurfell had made to never meddle in the minds of humans. Sway them one way or another. Plant the seed of a great idea, yes, but to look inside their memories and see what hid there, that was a line he had decided to never breach. There was something in the way Crowley had hissed at the man, the absolute fury burning in his eyes that led Azurafel to put his moral code to one side, to take a peek into the man's memories and see what had driven him to the cliff's edge. A heartbeat later, Azurafel found himself staggering away from the cliffs, one hand clutched to his chest as he tried to comprehend what he had just seen. Two faces, impossibly tiny, staring out from a gap in fabric wrapped roughly around them, blank-eyed and gray-skinned. He had felt the man's frustration when the grisly discovery spread through the town, his resolute determination to run until the world moved on, to steal away until it was safe for him to put down new roots, to look for new opportunities. He felt the man's agitation as the case closed in around him as his carefully laid plans unraveled, and he was left with the choice of responsibility or eternal escape. Azurafel had wrenched himself away at that point, couldn't bear to live another second in the man's twisted mind. He reached the forest and tried to purge what he had seen, heard the crash of a body hitting the water as he attempted to fathom why heaven would send him to save somebody so beyond forgiveness. <laughs>